Appreciate the reading of the scripture, Melvin. <clears throat> Take time to reread that. One is to see the hand of God. One is to see the response of the people. And then to know that God still plans to use them and to bless them when they decide it's time to serve them. That hasn't changed, or has not changed. It's interesting in the songs that we sang this morning. To God be the glory. Reminding us, as you, if you look at the, in the hymn book and see the author of the words would be Fanny Crosby. The life that she lived many years ago, her condition physically, and yet the poems that she wrote and that were set to music, uh, some 10,000, 12,000 poems she wrote throughout her life, many of them set to music. Again, what she did, no way of knowing the impact that what she did would have upon the lives of so many people down through the years. We need that reminder for us in our life. The things that we do that may seem to be somewhat insignificant will have their bearings in time if it's done for the work of the, of the Lord. <clears throat> We're saying, I will sing the wondrous story. And I think at times we need to just change one word in there. To fit our lives from time to time, I will share the wonder story. I will share with others what Jesus, what God has done for me, so that others may have that opportunity in order to be the people that God would have them to be. Sorry I missed yesterday in the planning session, in the fellowship, the food, and the desserts. But I hear that it was a good turnout. I hear you have some good prospects going on or some good thoughts being laid out of what we plan to do as the work continues to unfold. I mentioned this morning for the auditorium class that according to the world census of September 2019, that the world's population is 7.7 .7 billion souls. And I'd ask, I'll mention, mention how many of those are children of God. There's the task. But God knew that task and the result that would be given, yet it never dampened his response or his plan or his desire to redeem man through the blood of Jesus Christ. We have what we call the Great Commission, one recorded for us in the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. 
Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. <clears throat> Jesus has been given all authority. He teaches us to go out and to share that good news. Sometimes we've added to that, that we are to go out, we are to share the good news, and we will reap the benefit of what we have sown. It's God who's the one who gives the increase. Our job is to share that good news. We're given many opportunities. We discussed some, I'm sure were discussed yesterday. We have uh, Country Day on the Hill coming up. It's simply a way of sharing good news with those that we come in contact with. We would like to see in results of that, but that's not the promise that was given to us. Ours is to share the good news with those with whom we come in contact with, and God will give the increase. We may not see it. Israel of old at times didn't see those that were afflicted by the Midianites in the reading this morning of seven years, some of those may have died and never seen what would be accomplished or what would take place as the Lord knew what was going on in the land and as he would remind the people, you're here, but you have not done what I've asked you to do. Ours is to be the bearer of good news, the sharer of good news, the willing to go out and to spread that gospel as we have that opportunity within our life. And in the gospel of Mark in chapter 16 and verse 15, they were go to into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The sharing of the gospel with every individual that we come in contact with. Out of the 7.7 billion souls on the face of the earth, how many will you come in contact with? It really does not matter how many. You will come in contact with those that are in the world. And as we come in contact with those that are in the world, our job is to share the gospel with them through whatever means that we may have available to us and whatever that we may be able to use. There is not one specific method that is to be used to the exclusion of others. Country Day on the Hill is one of those that we have an opportunity to gather and to hand out. And you never know the impact that that has, how it's gone out, how it's touched the lives of various individuals along the way. That's the part that we have is sharing that good news with others. Again, the latter part of Matthew twenty-eight twenty is to teach them to observe all things that I have commanded. That's our responsibility, is to go and to teach, to share. Those that would hear and believe, confess their sins, repent of their sins, confess Jesus as the Savior and obey Him in baptism for the remission of their sins may be raised to walk a new life. But ours is to share the good news with them. And again, it can be done in a variety of different ways, and it is being done in a variety of different ways along the way. 
We're reminded in Acts chapter 8 and verse 4 that after the Christians are being persecuted for their belief in God, their conviction that Jesus is the Savior, they were persecuted and scattered abroad. Acts 8 and verse 4, though, as they were scattered abroad, they went everywhere preaching the word. Wherever they went, they were willing to share the good news that they had found through Jesus Christ the Lord. We read over in 1 Thessalonians in chapter 1 and in verse 8. For from you the word of the Lord has sounded forth, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith towards God has gone out, so that we do not need to say anything. But the word of the Lord has gone out everywhere in the sharing of the gospel. Paul is he's writing to the Colossians, and in chapter 1 of Colossians, and in verse 23. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. A lot of discussion as to exactly who all heard that in the first century. But I think Paul clarified every creature under heaven heard. However that would be, that's how it was it would be taken care of. But they all had an opportunity to hear the word of God and to be able to respond to it. Paul, in writing to the Romans, and over in chapter 10 of Romans, verse 17 and 18, so faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not all heard? Yes, indeed. The sound has gone out to all the earth, and their words to the ends of the world. The gospel has gone out. It has been spread. It continues to need to be spread. Again, it's hard to imagine a population of 7.7 billion souls on the face of this earth. I do not know what the projection is for the next years or so, but as this seems to increase, Each soul, Jesus came to this earth, suffered a horrible death, gave his life as a ransom for each soul, that they would have an opportunity through Christians who would share the gospel to be able to hear, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized, and to have that hope of eternal life that it matters not where they are. We have come up with all uh, means of spreading that word. We have ways of spreading the the gospel in corners where they do not have electricity. They use solar-powered devices for them to be able to hear the word of God. It's done through the printed pages. It's kind of interesting, and it's kind of sad, I guess, as well, that Many of the tools that we've used down through the years 
that we feel that are outdated, no longer effective, are being shipped overseas, and are being used over there, and countless souls are responding to them and becoming children of God. We have bountiful ways of using the gospel, of spreading the gospel today through the internet, through all kinds of means that are available to us. And ours is to use those in the spreading of the word, never knowing which one or who may hear and who may respond to what they have heard. We're reminded out of Acts 4 and verse 13 that as the apostles were beaten and cast into prison, it's interesting how they were perceived by society and yet to realize the impact that they had upon society. They were described as being uneducated and untrained. But what they didn't note is that they had been with Jesus. They may not have had what the world would be looking for. Oftentimes they did not. But they had what the world needed to hear, and that was good news through Jesus Christ. Are we involved in sharing that good news with those with whom we come in contact with? In our hymn book on number 753 is the song, Are You Sowing the Seed of the Kingdom, Brother? It's not saying, have you effectively taught each one that you encountered and have you got a positive response from each soul that you've talked to and taught the gospel? It says, are you sowing the seed of the gospel? Parable of the sower in Luke 8, verses 4 through 15, is the parable of the sower who went forth scattering the seed, which is the word of God, as the parable would go on to say. And as it was scattered, we need to be reminded of for us, sometimes that seed, as we go forth to scatter it, is going to fall on the pathway. And as it's being described there, the pathway is a hard soil. The pathway is where the the birds come and eat the seed before it has a chance to to germinate. Satan takes away the word, but the seed was still scattered on the pathway. Some was on the thorny soil, some was on the rocky soil. Some would bear fruit, but there were various responses there as well. Sometimes the cares of the world would creep in. Ours is not to be responsible for how they respond to the gospel. Ours is to share the gospel with them and encourage them to be faithful to God. Some because of persecution would fall away. But there is a good soil and it bears fruit a hundredfold. Some thirty, some sixty, some a hundredfold. We never know how that goes. But again, ours is to take that seed that we have, which is the word of God, and to scatter it as we have that opportunity. 
It's a shame that some in the religious world have taken that task of producing Bibles inexpensively and then sharing those and distributing them wherever they come in contact with. The problem there is so many of them have a page pasted in there of how they think one becomes a child of God. And therein lies the danger. But we have those in the brotherhood that are producing Bibles that are relatively inexpensive. You can buy a complete Bible for $5 that can be distributed as you have that opportunity. We have the means. We have the tool. Do we have the desire to do what God has asked us to do? To go forth and to share that news with whom we come in contact with. And again, sometimes we tend to want to emphasize the end result more than the initial result or the initial action. Go scatter. Well, I want to know how it's going to produce. I want to be able to see those that it's producing fruit in. And so many times that is not the case. The power is in the Word of God. There have been those who have door knocked, handed out literature, and then as they've gone back through, they found pieces of literature uh, out in the gutters, just thrown away. But there have been individuals, and I know of the individuals who have picked up that literature in the gutter, who read it, inquired, taught the gospel, and obeyed. The power is in the word. Ours is to get it out there. To use a variety of means that we have available, to use our webpage, to use the printed literature, however else that may be, the word of mouth, friendship, talking to individuals that we encounter, trying to touch a heart to get them to at least listen. Oftentimes they do not want to. Our job is to share. God gives the increase. If we've shared, we've scattered the seed, we're doing what God has asked us to do. The power again is going to be found within the word. It does not require great knowledge or expertise to share the gospel with others. It can be done quite easily. Often, can be done very effectively. Years ago, popular were correspondence courses. They're still available. There are a number of congregations across the country that on their webpage have a list of 15, 20 sometimes various Bible correspondence courses that individuals can take online. Can take the course, send in the, the answers and have them graded and so forth. We have a lot of that available in various programs that we have around here. World English Institute, World Bible School, and a host of them that use that means of sharing the gospel. It's a, simply a, a tool, as any and more, trying to be effective in the service of God and spreading that gospel of, of Jesus Christ. 
It's not the only way. We've had fishers of men, for example. We use that. Other methods that are out there. Those that are older remember the old Jewel Miller film strips. Uh, remember when they were film strips? And you had a projector, and you had to advance it on a record player or on a, CD or on a cassette tape. They're on DVDs. We have those available as well. Simple ways of trying to get an individual to stop and to look. We're geared to different ways of responding. We're visually oriented. We like to see and respond to that. There are those who are not, who respond to the words that they read and study. But it gives a person an opportunity on their own to look and to study. We're always afraid that we're going to be asked a question that we do not have the answer to. Well, just rest assured, you will be. It's going to happen. You're going to be asked a question you do not know the answer to. I do not know the answer to that one, but let's search together. We'll all search for it, we'll search and we'll talk about it some more. You look and see what you can find, and I'll look and see what I can find. It's not wrong to say I do not know the first time. But then look and search and find out. We do that in anything else. I've known individuals who have shared recipes. I know of an individual who shares the recipes of her whatever it is that she's cooked or baked, <clears throat> well, she's always left out one ingredient. She didn't want anybody to duplicate what she makes. We're not doing that. <laughs> We're sharing the totality of God's word, the reality that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We're sharing the reality that there is hope for a lost and dying world, that we do not have to be caught up and the things that we see going on in the world today, we do not have to accept the reality that the world perceives it of a world given over to immorality and debauchery. That there is a better way of life. So many have chosen to end their life because they could not cope with what they have done and saw no way out. But there is a way out through Jesus Christ. There is hope for a world that would take the time to stop and to listen and to be willing to do what God would have them to do. There are challenges involving evangelism. One are finding prospects for study. But out of 7.7 billion souls, you ought to be able to find a prospect that you could study with. Times we, we sing number 762 in the book. Lead me to some soul today. Lord, teach me just what to say. As we reach out, as we strive to share, did you catch the phrase, teach me, Lord, just what to say? Prayer. Doug mentioned that in the, in the announcement. Prayer. The power of prayer. Untold power there. The encouragement that you can give to others. And the sharing of the gospel. 
But sometimes when we say, lead me to some soul today, it's, Lord, you lead the soul to me. And then you tell that soul that I'm interested in studying the gospel. How many times does that happen? It does, but how many times does that happen? Ours is to go forth and to look and to search for those that need to find salvation. The challenge of setting up the study. We live in a society that finds it hard to find the time to do the study. But that's an excuse that has been used for centuries, has it not? Many of us have read about, few of us have gone through that period of time where the farmer who worked in the field from sunup or before sunup to sundown, where was his time? We find time, we make time. But it's hard sometimes to set up that study. And sometimes it's hard for us to be patient as we work with them, to give them that time to decide they need to hear and reach out to others along the way as well. But there's a challenge in teaching the material. A lot of times the material can teach itself and we can use that. But souls always like that interaction. Some do not. Some like to do it in the privacy of their home. But others like to interact. We're social beings. To learn that material. The song that children sing at times, you know, if you cannot sing like angels, if you cannot preach like Paul, you can tell the love of Jesus and tell that he died for all. You can tell what he's done for you, the change that has been made. How the perspective of life has changed as you become a child of God. That you do not have to look at the world as the world perceives it, as dark and gloom and headed for destruction and wondering what's going to happen in the future. Find hope here. Find peace here. And I find an anticipation for an eternity with God one day that encourages us to keep on going forth. Answering their questions. Sometimes they can ask more questions than you have answers for, but they ask questions. They're asking questions what? Sometimes it may be a diversion, but oftentimes it's an indication they're wanting to learn. They want to know. How do you put it together? Why is that important? What difference does it make how I worship God? As long as I'm worshiping God, why, isn't, why are there not variety of different ways? They've got questions. What's wrong with the religious world as we see it today? Why can it not continue that way? Why are you saying it has to be different? Let's take time to read what the scriptures say, going back to the Great Commission. Jesus says, you teach them to observe all things not most things that I have commanded you. Let's do what he said. And if we do what he says, then we will be okay. As far as I recall, I've only come across one religious body or individuals out of a religious body that have told me that it is a sin 
if you do not use the instrument in your worship service. For those who use it, you can ask them, is it a sin that we just sing a cappella? And they will tell you, no, it's not a sin. Let's do what Jesus said. And just do what he asked us to do. That relieves a lot of other discussions along the way. And whatever else it may be. Doing it the way that he said. Answering those questions. Then asking for them to make a decision. You've heard. Believe what you've heard. If you believe what you've heard, are you willing to act upon what you've heard and believe? Are you willing to do what God has asked you to do and become a child of the living God? The choice is up to them, but it's up to us to share it. That's what we're striving to do. As we go forth, as new plans unfold and decisions are made and new directions are going to take place and moving this way, our direction that we have still is here. Wherever we are, whatever we do, if where we are caused it's a hindrance, the problem is there. You go back and read the early Christians. You read about those Christians in Rome meeting in the catacombs. You read about the catacombs, they were burial places underground. So you had Christians meeting in the cemetery, worshiping and praising God. And souls are being added to the kingdom. It's not the place. So where is your heart? Where is your love? And what are you committed to? Is it to the love of Jesus? Is it to the gospel of Jesus Christ? And is a desire there to share that with those that we come in contact with? The opportunities are there. Ours is just look. Jesus said, lift up, lift up your eyes and look. The fields are already white in the harvest. It's not, and yet, well, it won't be four months, and yet four months we'll have a building. That's not where the harvest is. The fields are already white to harvest. They're already there. Ours is to look for them, to reach out to them, to encourage them and to challenge them. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the time to obey. Tomorrow may not be. So as you look at your heart and as you look at your life this morning, is it where God wants it to be? Is thy heart right with God? That's the decision you have to make. An opportunity to become a child of God is given this morning for those who understand that they're outside of Christ, that he is the Savior and that they need to repent of sins, confess Jesus as the Lord, obey him in baptism for the remission of sins to be raised to walk that new life. Where's the child of God? If the world has begun to creep back in alive, 
It's time to come home, come back to the Savior, come back to the Father. Renew that love again and be the child that one day God could say, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your master. If you're subject to that invitation, if we could assist you, if we could help you in any way, then indeed we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.